Masters Commission, and uh, Pastor Lisa is going to go ahead and explain what they're about, what they're going to do. So give her your undivided attention and just, amen, just enjoy, amen. Oh, oh amen. <laughs> hey, guys, we are so excited to be here tonight. But like he said, we are Masters Commission. We're with the SUM. Pastor Jason, will you wave your hand back there? This is our director. He is so awesome. We love him. And, um, and then my favorite person. Oh, there he is. Honey, that's my husband over there. Everybody go, aw. He's cute. He's taken, ladies. Okay. And he is older than he looks. So. And he's the assistant director. And so I, we are just excited to hear. We travel all over the world. We minister to different people. And if you have more questions about it, there's a booth. Allison, wave your hand up there. See, there, we've set up our information back there. There's Master's Commission, SUM information that you can come up to us and ask us. I especially want to tell you, in the next couple weeks, at the end of this, uh, this month, we are going to have what we have called Master's Experience. You have the opportunity to come down to West Monroe, yeah, to West Monroe, and hang out with us for a weekend. We'll put you up, we'll feed you, and we'll take care of you. And guess what? You can minister with us. We'll show you what we do just for a weekend. For all you juniors, how many juniors are in the house? Oh, yeah. There's a few. Let me see. How many seniors are in the house? Go back to the juniors. How many juniors are in the house? How many seniors? Okay. Well, for all the juniors in the house and the woo-woos, you guys can come out there, too. There's Kristen. Kristen. Kristen is in charge of all of that, so you guys find her. She's one of our awesome third years that takes care of everything. Well, are there any freshmen in the house? Oh, yeah. Are there any sophomores in the house? Are there any freshmen in the house? Oh, yeah. I like that. Good stuff. Any middle school? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Any middle school. That's my favorite. Yeah. Woo. I'm so excited. Guys, like I said, we're just happy to be out here. We've had a great time. Pastor Joe, you guys have just been awesome to us. Thank you so much. You guys have an awesome pastor. What's going on in here is awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Adolfo. It's awesome. You guys are just incredible out here. Well, I'm going to tell you a little bit of myself, okay? I'm Lucy. I grew up in Los Angeles. I grew up with Michael Jordan, and I grew up with Salma Hayek. How many of you guys are Hispanics? Yeah. She, we and her are like this. Penelope Cruz, me and her are like this, too, you know, out there. What? I'm, okay. Y'all don't believe me? I don't look like I could be from Hollywood? Okay, well, I'm not, okay? I grew up in the hood, and... Um, you know, and stuff like that. I wanted to know them, but I never saw them. So, well, well, too bad. But you know, um, it was awesome. I grew up up there. I I came to know Jesus. I think it was at the age of seventeen or something. Actually, the Masters Commission went out to LA, and they had been trying to convince me. The youth pastor, he was from Alabama, and um, he went through Masters Commission. He had a Masters Commission program out there, and I would give my friend a ride to church, and every day he would come up to me. And he talked kind of funny and was from the South. And, you know, he was new. And he was like, are y'all coming to church today? And I was like, no. <laughs> you know. And the next time, the next week, I'd say again, he, I'd see him again. He'd say, are y'all coming to church again? I'd say, no way. <laughs> um, but finally they told me, you know what, there's going to be this cool team. It's not really going to be church night. We're just going to hang out. We're going to do some music. They said we're going to um, have some guys that are going to have bricks up there, and they're going to break them with their head. I said, Really? And then they said, yeah, and then, you know what, we're going to light them on fire. And I was like, 
oh, yeah, I'm coming, you know. So I went and had dramas and everything, and Pastor Jason's wife led me to the Lord for the first time, and she prayed with me, and now I'm working with her. So I'm so excited about it, you know. I think that was a moment of truth in my life. That was a moment when somebody shared truth, put the truth in front of me, you know. And they said, here's what it is, Lucy. You've got a choice. This is your moment of truth where you stare at yourself in the mirror and everything is before you, you know. And I had a choice. And that day I decided to accept Jesus in my life, you know. It was a process, you know, and it was a progress. But thankfully I am here today because of the grace of God. I want to talk to you today a little bit about that, a moment of truth. And I looked up the definition of moment of truth, and this is what I've got. The moment, I've got two definitions. The first one was the moment in a bullfight when the matador kills the bull. Okay? You know what a matador is? How many of you speak Spanish here? Oh, sí. ¿Verdad? Ole. Okay. A crucial moment in which much depends on it was the second definition. Okay, let me tell you, have any of you guys been to a bullfight? No? Yeah? You have? I have too. I would, did you like it? You, let me tell you, I was a little kid, and my parents, we were visiting Mexico, and one of the things that they told me, mija, we're going to go to a bullfight, yeah, Los Toros, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah! I didn't know what it was, you know, but I was excited. I was like, yeah, we're going, we're going. And we get in there, you know, we had been anticipating. We walk in there. I'm the happiest child. I don't remember how old I was. But then all of a sudden, you know, the guy comes out there, and he's got his suit and his little red thing out there. And I'm like, this is cool, cool outfit, you know, almost like in mariachi, but not quite. And then he goes, they let the bull out. And I like drama. You guys know I like drama. So I've liked it since I was a kid. I've been, I'm always a little dramatic. And so they let the bull out. I'm like, ah, they're going to kill him. They're going to kill him. The bull is going to kill him. I was terrified. So it was the most terrifying thing. And I'm so scared. I'm like, he's going to die. Oh, my gosh. And I'm going to witness it, you know. I, I don't know what, they were, what they're thinking with this. And so, you know, he's like, no, Mija, look, he's trained and all. And then, boom, you know, he gets that thing on the bull. I don't know what they're called, those big things. And then I'm like, he's not going to die, but he's going to kill the bull. Oh, my gosh, that is so sad. And so I left totally, totally scared. I never went back. Did you go back? Oh, did you go back? No, me too, only once. That was it. That's all I needed. Um, that was enough for me. So if y'all want to go see a bullfight, that's fine. But, you know, I left traumatized, so I'm done. So we're going to talk about that. That's one of the definitions. The second one is a crucial moment in which something depends on. Kind of like what I just told you. The day that I saw truth, truth was in front of me, and I had to make a choice. You know, I had to make a choice. I'm either going to, you know, sometimes the truth isn't pretty, and sometimes you have to choose to change, and changing is hard. I don't know about you, but it's hard. It's hard to make change. And sometimes it's good and it's easy, but most of the time, when something depends on it, when so much of your future depends on it, it's a hard choice, you know, and it's not easy. And we're going to talk about to that tonight. But first, I want to introduce you to four of my friends, okay? But I'm going to let Alicia, Alicia, come up here. She's going to tell you a little bit about my friends, okay? And she's going to tell you what they're like and all that. All right, hey, everybody. How you doing tonight? <laughs> All right, the first person, um, his name is Sean. I'd like you to meet him. He's the captain of the football team and all around. Yes, Funny how going, always <laughs> Sean is ambitious and works hard in school. He's down for the away, baby. has won many championships 
I'm not there yet. I'm, I'm not there yet at all. But I know where I'm going, and I know where God has called me. There's a second thing that will keep you from making the right choice during your moment of truth. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. This is Rachel. You guys remember her. She's a cheerleader, right? She's cool. Everybody wants to be like her. Who doesn't want to be a cheerleader when they're growing up? But you know what? Sometimes what seems isn't so. A lot of us here are plagued with insecurities. And you know what? The the face of insecurity is everywhere. Let's see as Rachel has her moment of truth.
You see, Rachel didn't allow her insecurities to control her. In her moment of truth, when she stood before the mirror and she realized what she was and where she was going, she said, no, Jesus Christ is bigger than anything. I find security in him because that's what the Bible tells me to do. See, in Deuteronomy 33:12, it says, let the beloved of the Lord rest secure in him. Guess what? You are that beloved. He loves you, and you're his beloved, and he has called you to rest securing him. The world will tell you that you are not good enough, that you can't make it to keep you from fulfilling the will of God in your life. And in that moment of truth, insecurity can stop you if you allow it to. Which brings me to our third thing. The third thing that will keep us for making that right choice in the moment of truth is the culture that we live in. You see, the culture that we live in will tell us how to dress. It tells us how skinny we need to be. It tells us how our hair needs to be done. It tells us how our makeup needs to be done. It tells us how buff we need to be, what kind of sport we need to play, who we need to date, how we need to talk, and how we need to act. But this is what the Word of God says. The word of God says in Romans 12:2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. Or I like it better this way. In the message, Romans 12:2 says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture. Once again, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. In other words, we could become what the world tells us to become just because that's what it says we should be. In other words, we turn on that TV and it says, oh, that's okay. I can do it. Oh, you know what? Britney Spears is doing it. I can do it. You know? I can shave my head or whatever it is. I mean, it's, I'm, I'm cool with shaved heads. But do you get what I'm saying? It doesn't stop there. It says, instead of fixing your attention on those things, Fix your attention on God. You will be changed from the inside out. Then you'll be readily recognized means you'll be ready to recognize what he wants from you. And you will respond quickly. Unlike the culture around you always trying to drag you down. Okay? The world wants to form you, put you into that box that Rachel was talking about. But see, if we allow it to, in your moment of truth, if you don't get in the word of God, Guys, we need to get in the Word of God. In your moment of truth, if you don't know what the Word of God says about you, you'll be insecure and you'll conform to what the world is telling you to be. Well, that's not what God has called you to be. He's called you to be set apart. There are things of the world that are not okay that we make okay. I want you guys to take a look at Allison. Allison appeared to be different. She was unique. There's nothing wrong with that. Right? It's cool. But she's about to have a moment of truth. And I want you to pay close attention and see what she chooses to do.
what we did because the world went there and the world is telling you that certain things are okay when they're not and somebody has to expose sin because that's what the word of god says let me tell you what the word of god says about that it says in first corinthians 6 9 do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of god do not be deceived guys do not be deceived Neither the sexual immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor people who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy will inherit the kingdom of God. Look, I'm not saying that you're a freak if you have sin in your life like that. Because I tell you what, sin is sin. And it's time that we start reaching out to people and putting the truth in front of them so they can have their moment of truth. And the grace of God is bigger than anything you've been in here today that you've been through. He is here today. And he loves you. And he doesn't care where you've been or what you've done. But the culture we live in, if you allow it to conform you, will make you choose wrong during your moment of truth. The first thing that will keep us from choosing right during our moment of truth is our circumstances. The second is insecurity. The third is the culture that we live in. And there's one last one that we're going to go through. It's fear. Fear will keep you guys From choosing right during that moment of truth. See, because you're too afraid. Maybe you're too afraid. You know, Allison stood up here and she said, you know what? My mom is going to think I'm a freak. But she struggled. You know, and her past came back up. She laid right here. She found truth. When she opened that Bible, she found truth. She went away. And later on, her past came back to her. And she struggled, but she had a moment of truth, and she said, you know what? I don't care. In spite of fear, in spite of fear and everything, I don't care what they say. I don't care what you say of me, even if you're sitting in church and you think I'm a freak, because you know what? He loves me. And sometimes we're afraid, we're worried about what people may think. We hide our Christianity. We come to church. We jump up and down. We praise him. We love him. And then we go to school and we're like, oh, can't even bow our heads to say a blessing. Because we're afraid of what people may think about us. But fear doesn't stop there. When God calls you to do something, if you let fear come into your life, you'll be too afraid to follow that call in your life. And every single one of you guys has a calling in your life here. You came to this planet because God brought you here and because you have a purpose. Did you know that? Did you know that there's something really special in life that only you can do? I can't do it. Did you know that? I can't do it. I can't. It's your calling. But you can't be afraid to do it no matter what. We can't allow fear to stop us in our moment of truth. We met Gerlach earlier. She's a Christian. She's devoted. She's like you guys. She's here. And she's got a moment of truth. Let's find out what hers is.
I don't care what the world thinks about me. I'm in love with Jesus no matter what. And that's what we need to do. Who cares what my past says about me? Who cares what fear says about me? Who cares what insecurity says about me? Who cares what this world tells me to do? I'm in love with him. And nothing can tear us apart. I want to tell you about one more friend. This friend is my closest friend. You see, I know him personally. I met him several years ago. And there was moments in my life where nobody else understood what I was going through. Nobody can relate to me. Well, he helped me. See, I can look back. I can look back when I was a little girl and my dad was beating up my mom. That he was there. I could see that his hand was on my life. You see, I know somebody that he that had a moment of truth in their life. They looked at their life and they said, you know what? It's hopeless. And it was. Their father had left them. Their father had left them. Their wife had left them. They were supporting their mother, who now had no husband. And he looked at his life and he said, that it was over. But then something happened. There was this man, his name was Jesus. He was the Son of God. He's my friend. He'll hold those who have no tomorrow, who have no hope. See, there was power in his hands. There was power in his words. And he, he drew crowds, large crowds. People wanted to come and see him. You know why? Because he healed the sick. He healed the blind. He made the lame man walk. But just like he drew large crowds, unfortunately, he drew a lot of enemies. He had enemies. They fought him. They bruised him. This is nothing. Compared. It says that his insides were shown. He was covered with blood. You can see the inside of his back. You can see his muscles. They beat him so bad that you couldn't recognize him. You couldn't recognize who he was. But that wasn't enough. You know what else they did? They spit on him. They mocked him. And they laughed at him. When I think about that, I think, you know what, God, you could have called on the angels of heaven. And they could have came down in a split of a second. But he did And so I think, I wonder, God, what held you on that cross?
you may have been sitting there and you have made you maybe were saying, You know what, I can't come to him because you don't know what I've been through. Yeah, you told all those stories and you told me about all those characters, but they were fake. They really weren't real. You don't really know what I go through. I want to tell you something. This was not acted tonight. Their stories are true. What they said tonight was true right here. These three people up here, they felt the way they screamed at some point in their life. The way they came up here and they said, where were you? That was real. So I'm going to tell you something today. moment. 